Welcome to the Executive Coach for Moms podcast, where we support women who are attempting to find balance and joy while simultaneously leading people at work and at home. I'm your host, Leanna Lasky-McGrath, former tech exec turned full-time mom, recovering perfectionist and workaholic, and certified executive coach. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Today, I'm really excited to introduce Emily Siegel, who is an old friend of mine from our Texas days. We've both since moved back north to colder weather and family. And Emily works a lot with women about connection and building friendships. And so I wanted to bring her on today to share her wisdom with us. So thanks so much for being here, Emily. Yeah, thanks for asking. So great to be here. Yeah. So we start off just by introducing yourself to everybody and telling us a little bit about who you are. Yeah. So my name is Emily Siegel and I am a podcaster and leader of the Connected Mom Life community. We are a group of women who are committed to essentially staying tethered to ourselves uh, as well as the outside world in the midst of crazy motherhood. And I am all about helping moms do mom life, not alone. I think we're often told that Mm -hmm. as moms, as parents, we need a village and that's great, but no one tells us that that village often doesn't just show up. Um, There's a lot of us out there that have to actually create them. And that is what I really talk about is encouraging and supporting moms in particular on how to build their village, even if they look around and feel like they're starting from scratch. Mm. And you've done that a few times, right? Because you've lived away from your village, so yes. to say. Yes, for sure. Yeah, we moved away pretty quickly after getting married to a city where we knew no one and had to figure out creating community without kids, without a dog, which proved very challenging, but kind of mm. learned a lot in that process. And then when we moved again, this time with like a four month old, the need to create that community again, to a city where we knew no one. It felt very Mm -hmm. critical and something that we needed to make happen fast. So I was grateful for all the lessons we learned in our first attempt uh, that I could apply to our second attempt. And now we have moved a third time, this time actually closer to family support. But it's been fun getting to, you know, create a new community in our new school area and neighborhood. So just keep doing Mm -hmm. it over and over. Uh, it's it's a good thing. I enjoy it now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at it as something that is enjoyable, it probably is Mm. more fun than it feels daunting. Yeah. The first time you did it, did it feel daunting or was it like, Oh, I don't know how to do this. There's so much to learn or kind of, how did you approach it? Yeah. The first time was a little jarring because I had moved a lot growing up. And I went to college 2,000 miles away from my hometown. I didn't know anyone. And in all of those moves, it was no big deal. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, what's the big deal? We're moving. I can create community. I've, I've done it everywhere I've gone since then. And the difference was I had never gone somewhere previous to that first move um, as a married couple that wasn't like a school setting or a very intentional community setting. It was just like two young adults living in a city where it felt like everybody else like had their people. And so Mm -hmm. I was really thrown by that. There were like major mindset issues I had to work through. Like after a year or two, I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not as good as this as I thought. Maybe my friends 
up until now, like maybe I was just convenient. Maybe they didn't actually like, like I was a very confident person all of a sudden having Mm -hmm. very imposter syndrome thoughts. Mm. So I think because I went in so confident and it just wasn't as easy and now I know why, but you know, that was, that was definitely hard. Mm -hmm. Learned some lessons along the way to make it easier, but yeah, it was quite jarring. That friendship did not just happen when I moved somewhere. Mm. And was that true? Did you find that to be true that everyone else had their own community built already? Yeah. You know, I looked around and that is definitely what I felt. I very much Mm -hmm. felt like everybody was good. They were set. They didn't need any more friends. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that was a strong thought I had in my head and a thought, a strong story. Mm -hmm. I was telling myself about Mm -hmm. every person that I met and interacted with. I was, I essentially now realize I was pre-rejecting them a little bit. I was like, Ooh, well, they don't look like they have space for me. So I'm not going to lean in too hard. They're clearly not inviting me. So like, obviously they don't want to be my friend. And what happened, I'm so grateful for this. You know, after a year or two, we'd moved into a condo and it was a huge condo. We're like, maybe we can meet some people. Mm-hmm. And this girl posted on the condo Facebook page, like, hey, does anybody know of any like book clubs in the condo? And 25 of us, uh, 50 of us responded and we're like, no, but we joined one. And mm. two weeks later, I found myself crammed into a two-bedroom condo with 30 other women who were all essentially saying that they wanted to know their neighbors. They wanted connections in our condo. And they all had community. Like they had family, they had friends from, you know, other times of their life that still lived nearby, but they were saying they still had room and space Mm. for more people. And they wanted that. Not just that they had it, but they like wanted it. And that was really eye-opening for me to realize Mm. that like, oh, I've been thinking all these people are good when in fact, no, they actually are open to me. And so it sounds ridiculous, but I started going into every interaction from that point assuming that they wanted to be my best friend. And Mm. of course that did not happen, but that energy that I was bringing to those conversations, it totally shifted everything. I mean, within a year, we had a solid group of friends that we were doing life with. So Mm. yeah, I just can't say enough about like, I I know mindset gets kind of a bad rap (laughs) in a lot of spaces, but it was really powerful for me to realize the story I was telling myself, acknowledge it. And then in a very conscious shift to try to like experiment, okay, what if they had space? What if they wanted Mm -hmm. to be my best friend and how different that changed almost both of our interactions with each other. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I think we do talk a lot about mindset here and Mm -hmm. just this, the idea that our thoughts and feelings are what create our actions Mm -hmm. and therefore our results. And so it's interesting to kind of see that play out that there's like the circumstance of seeing a person that seems interesting or that you might want to be friends with. And then you've got, you know, your thoughts about that and your thought could be, they're good. They already have their own community. They probably don't have space for me. And therefore like, you know, you probably feel like a little bit more closed off and then Mm -hmm. your actions and results are really that you, you know, you don't really engage the same way. You don't Mm -hmm. try or to pursue that friendship. And then the result is that, you know, like that person, you don't become friends with that person or beyond acquaintances. But when you shift the thought, you see the same person, the same kind of circumstance and you shift the thought to they want to be my best friend. Mm-hmm. Like the feelings that creates are probably much more positive. And then 
that creates a very different set of actions and results because you're like, they need something from me. They want to be my friend. And so that makes so much sense that you would show up differently and have different actions and therefore get different results and and build more friendships that way. Yeah, exactly. And it really helped the times when things didn't work out because I was bringing that energy to so many different connections. There was clearly traction happening with some of them. And when others fizzled, it was so easy to not like go into a tailspin of like, oh my gosh, they truly are rejecting me. It is me. All these things. It's like, well, yeah, no, I wasn't really feeling it with that person either, if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. And clearly these Mm -hmm. other ones are working. So like, just keep going. Mm. Yeah. It helps in so many ways. Yeah. I was going to ask about that rejection piece because I think that's something that we fear so much. Like Mm -hmm. what if I want to be friends with them and they don't want to be friends with me and just that kind of embarrassment and rejection I've said before, but anytime we're like avoiding something like not doing something or doing something is because we're generally avoiding a feeling Mm -hmm. like we don't want to feel a certain way right we don't want to feel that pain of rejection and that embarrassment of you know I put myself out there and I was interested but then this person wasn't so do you have any suggestions or thoughts about getting past that rejection or I mean you talked about that like you weren't feeling it too but like what if you were what if you were feeling it Mm -hmm. and they didn't yeah yeah I mean that's definitely hard when you like see potential with someone and you know would love to make something (laughs) like would love to like make a friendship Mm -hmm. make it stickier make it feel you know the way a lot of our other friendships have felt and the truth is that I mean rejection feels like such a strong word for often what's actually happening. And I would say nine times out of 10, it's rarely that the person doesn't want to be your friend. It could be that that person is just in a season of overwhelm, that they truly have too much on their plate. And in so many ways has nothing to actually do with you and what you're offering to them Mm -hmm. in friendship. It's Mm -hmm. often so much about just life circumstances. I think all the time about this one mom I met in Texas and we we lived like 45 minutes away from each other. And it was just devastating to me because I just felt like if we lived next door, we would be soul sisters. Like we just had such mm-hmm. a beautiful connection when we were together. It was just very, very easy. Mm-hmm. But the reality of our circumstances was that it was just going to take so much investment and so much work. And we just didn't have that foundation necessarily to like make that happen. The season of our life wasn't right. And I think because we are both confident in what we're bringing to the table in friendship, because we've worked through some of those mindset pieces, none of that feels like a rejection to either of us, if that makes sense. Mm. It's just like a, almost like an acknowledgement of, my gosh, love you so much. And also, I don't know if this friendship is ever going to take off. Um, just Mm. given kind of like how the circumstances. So yeah, rejection can happen also one time out of 10, like truly someone's like, sorry, you're not my Mm -hmm. person. Um, But I do think if you are in a kind of general, you know, space of being honest about how people are making you feel like that's fine. You know, you can move on if you are putting good energy out there in other connections, that rejection won't feel quite as devastating. The rejections that are really Mm -hmm. painful typically tend to be with friends, established friends versus those that Mm -hmm. are like, oh, I don't know this is ever going to work because I just, I don't know if you're my person. That's hard for sure. But one, it's just so rare to say that to someone or need to say that to someone. Things just naturally Mm -hmm. often fizzle. And so it's being really mindful of 
Like it's okay if there's fizzling happening. <laughs> yeah. I guess I, I have so many questions for you, but one, <laughs> like what, it, what makes this work so important to you? Like, I think you talk about this season of overwhelm and I feel like there's probably so many women feeling some level of that, mm-hmm. of trying to do all the things of, you know, having, raising children and having relationship or finding a relationship and working, building wealth for their family, you know, and, and being involved in the community. And it's just like, sometimes maybe it feels like friendship and building like new relationships. It feels like so daunting Mm -hmm. because it's like, man, that's like one more thing (laughs) to keep up with. Yeah. Right. So what's important about it to you? Yeah. It goes back to that idea of not doing motherhood alone. I I mean, mm. I could get up on my soapbox about like our culture and our society and what we value and where we put our time. And I, I don't think as mothers, we're set up for success in just how, particularly in the United States, how things work. It's just really, really mm. hard if you do not have particularly family support. And even if you do have family support, if you don't have someone or a group or multiple people that are in the trenches of the season that you're in, it can feel really isolating. It can feel really like you are doing things wildly wrong. You're messing up left and right. And I truly believe like surrounding myself with friends, particularly mom friends right now, or people that are navigating similar circumstances to me in life is so helpful for keeping me grounded, for keeping me out of my head a little bit and telling myself stories Mm -hmm. that are not true because you have people to process them with. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of women, particularly if they are feeling like they're starting from scratch, that does feel so daunting. And I've been there, like it is, there's definitely an element of that that is. And also it is very daunting to live life without friends. Mm. It is so hard. It is very heavy. And the amount of work it takes to make friends feels heavy, no doubt. But that work pays off like crazy in terms of Mm. like making life feel significantly less heavy, manageable down the road. And like that lightness to me is what I want for everyone. I want people to feel Mm. that lightness and Early on and you know, when I had my kiddo, I would just have like these chats at the playground with random moms. And it was shocking to me how many were like desperately wanting friendship, but like thinking they were the only one like with Mm -hmm. this issue. And that's really, Mm -hmm. you know, you ask like why I talk about this so much. It's because it was my experience that everyone thought like they were the only one. And so I think the more connections we have, the more opportunities we have to have those conversations, the easier it is to feel like, okay, no, I'm not actually on an island. It's not just Mm. me. Um, And that takes a heaviness out of life, out of motherhood. Yeah. It sounds to me, it's like either way, whether you're going to invest in friendships or you're going to do life on your own, it's daunting either way. Like it's hard Mm -hmm. either way. So you just kind of pick the hard, right? What hard do you want? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, do you want the hard that has you being alone and feeling like the weight of the world is on your shoulders? Or do you want the hard that has you feeling supported and with the community Mm -hmm. and with friends? Yeah. Yeah. And Leanna, I have to tell you, like, so I work with moms specifically on this and they all come in and they're like, oh my gosh, 
and I always ask them, okay, scale one to 10, like, how are you feeling about friendship? Where are you? And, Mm -hmm. you know, usually everyone says a five. It is crazy after like, even just like two or three months of just talking about like the reality of navigating friendship in motherhood Mm -hmm. um, and then like putting themselves out there here and there, they are not taking on this like huge daunting task. Yeah. I love like the feedback I get so often is like, huh, I thought this was going to be so hard. I thought it was going to take forever to feel better Mm -hmm. about friendship. And they even say like, truly on paper, it's not like they've gained three new best friends in two or three months at all. But they're like, oh, I just think about this differently. And it feels easy actually to put myself out there here and there. Like I'm getting like, Mm -hmm. I'm just getting good feedback back and Mm -hmm. not creating weird stories along the way. And the whole process ends up feeling so much lighter to them. And it's like, oh my gosh, one, this isn't daunting. It feels lighter. Mm-hmm. And also like, huh, it didn't actually take that long to go from like feeling kind of meh about my circle to feeling like really hopeful of what, you know, the future could hold and not feeling like they've added this huge thing to their to-do list. So yes, it's mm-hmm. daunting. Yes, it's work, but maybe not as hard as we imagine it to be, I guess. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because I think we have that, so many of us have that kind of all or nothing thinking. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, either I spend no time on friendships or it's going to like consume my life and I'm not going to have enough time for my family and my kids and my work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I just don't have time for this and it feels so overwhelming. So yeah, that makes sense. So you work directly with women and especially moms. So I'm, I guess I'm curious, like, what are some of the most common mindset things you're hearing or kind of blockers to connection that you're hearing? Yeah, I think, you know, it's this idea that it's like, oh my gosh, one more thing on my to-do list, Mm -hmm. which is why I really focus on moms because there's so many, there's other people out there talking about friendship and like, it's not that people without kids do not also have full busy lives you know, not, not what I'm saying at all, but there is some considerations in motherhood that can make it feel a little bit more daunting. Time can feel a little bit more stretched. There's, you know, oh my gosh, now I have to think about like if our parenting styles align, you know, all the things that can come up. But Mm -hmm. honestly, the most common is just that idea of like, this feels really daunting from a logistic standpoint. And then the other is like kind of what I struggled with initially. Everybody else seems set. Mm-hmm. These, I don't know, all the moms seem to know each other already at the school. That's a common one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's working moms versus stay-at-home mom things that come up. But those mm-hmm. are kind of like the three, I would say, that we often work through the most. And what uh, we talked through like some of the advice or solution ideas that you have. Anything else that you would recommend for those common things? Yeah. I mean, from a logistics standpoint, like just thinking about mm-hmm. working mothers in particular, I feel like the reason I was able to have friendships was because I was able to like create systems for them. You know, we create systems for so many things that work. Uh, we create systems for so many things in our life, our calendars. It's really, I love thinking about like, how can I fit friendship in? And so kind of one of the one of the things we do together in our community is a time audit um, where we track our time and just get a sense of like, where is time going? What does it look like? 
kind of aligning that with our priorities, with our families and career goals and all of that and making sure like, okay, that looks right, you know, based on that season. Mm -hmm. We do this a lot because seasons change. What's demanding our time Mm. can change from quarter to quarter and often just kind of like getting a sense of like where things stand and, and if that feels good. I always tell moms, I'm like, I'm not trying to take away your Netflix time or your downtime. Like, I think all that is important. I'm not trying to like schedule every minute of your day. I love downtime. I create space. I create downtime in my days that don't have plans because uh, I know that that is important mm-hmm. for my own sanity. But I do, what that always helps me do is recognize, like, I don't know if you ever talk with your moms about like the energy of the week or the energy mm. of the day. And so we do a lot of self-reflecting. I am not a morning person. I'm not a night person. I'm kind of like a 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. <laughs> and so I know when I have energy for different types of people, for different types of situations. Mm-hmm. And so I like to kind of look at my time and figure out like, okay, I have space. I think on Saturday mornings, I could do like, I'd like to take my kid to the playground, you know, because I want some kind of like quality time with them, but like, you know, want to get them out of the house, get some energy. There's lots of goals that we all have. Mm. And I like to like batch and stack my goals or bunch them if I can, or kill like three birds with one stone, like get energy out of my kid, (laughs) have some nice time with my kid. But man, playgrounds, particularly when your kids like are walking, they are way more fun with Mm -hmm. other kids that are walking and the kids can interact. And then you can maybe connect with another Adults, mom, who might be in the same season as you. Clearly, they've got a kid the same mm-hmm. age. So I look for opportunities to double dip. That's a big one. And then from yeah. a time-saving perspective, this is my favorite tip for working moms is like set a recurring connection. So maybe you meet at the playground mm. the first Saturday of every month. Or maybe you do hang out after the kids go to bed every three weeks on Wednesday. Like just kind of being mindful of like, okay, if I were to make space for a friend, whether it's an established friend or whether it's like trying to make a new friend, which is, you know, slightly whole different process, but just even knowing what you Mm -hmm. have available can be such a gift because a lot of times we're over here being like, oh, shoot, like, I know I need to make friends or like, oh, I should have gone to that thing. I should have gone to that thing. Another thing I didn't go to where I probably could have made a friend, but I didn't have the energy to. And so when you decide this is like when I could best invest in this, this is what I have available. You don't have to feel guilty Mm -hmm. because you know, when you do show up, you show up with your whole self, you show up well, you show up with good energy, Mm. you celebrate that you did it. You like incentivize yourself. You give yourself ice cream when you go home or you get to read a book in Mm -hmm. a bath Whatever it is, like, it's just like any habit. You got to make it like desirable and easy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And as you were talking about that, I was just thinking about how are you defining friendship and are people defining it differently? Because is meeting someone at a park like once a month, what kind of friendship is that? Is that, you know, kind of the friendship that meets someone's needs or like, do we need more than that? Or is that, does that suffice? Like, what are your thoughts about that? I think friendship gets really tricky because we don't, we only have one word. Mm. We have friend. And that in and of itself makes it super hard to sometimes be on the same page as to like what you're actually going after. And so I think sometimes when people feel like, oh, I'm just like not feeling great about my friends, you know, I will say the most common case is that people have good friends. They just don't live near them anymore. 
that is like the most common. Mm-hmm. Um, another can be that like, they just, you know, yeah, they're a good friend, but like, they're not in the same season anymore. Or there's just like something that like, I'm feeling unfulfilled in some way. Why is that? Mm. And so a lot of times we think, okay, well, I just need to collect more, you know, ride or die friends. These friends that we just think of as like, can be kind of our all do anything and everything together, like share all the things Mm -hmm. when the reality is like, we have a lot of different relational needs in our life and like, it's okay for some friends to just be work friends or some friends to just be like, Hey, let's just take our kids to the park Mm -hmm. and like have a conversation that, you know, isn't about SpongeBob or Bluey. And so I always use the analogy of a plane. A lot of times everyone thinks, they're trying to create first-class friends. Like they're trying to get, you just really load those like amazing friendships. But the reality is that like, you need the plane balance. Some people are going to be in the middle of the plane. Some people you intentionally keep in the back. Like there's a reason for them to remain in your life, but they do not have to get like priority seating, mm-hmm. priority attention. Mm-hmm. And so really just thinking about like, you know, people may have a place in my life And it's not that they're always going to be that ride or die friendship, but they're going to fulfill a connection need, whether that is like, oh, keeping me company when I am at the playground or like, okay, sweet. Someone can go to the trampoline park with Mm -hmm. me this weekend. Um, So don't just have to be there alone. Work friends are huge. I know I shared with you, like I loved my work friends when we worked together, but there were very few moms. Mm -hmm. And so I felt myself craving like, oh, something is missing. Mm -hmm. It's not that I was missing ride or die friends. I was missing friends in my same season. yeah. And so it's just getting really clear on like, okay, what are you craving? Is it like a certain type of connection? Mm -hmm. Like someone who shares your same interests? Are you creating someone who's just like kind of a yes friend, more available? And getting clear on that can be helpful also when it comes to that like rejection piece or thinking like your friendships are completely out of sort. Sometimes it's just like Mm. naming what exactly is that you are craving and after and can just make, kind of take the like, I don't know, the like intensity out of the feelings around friendship, like down a few levels. Mm. Yeah. It gets back to that all or nothing thinking, right? Like they either have to be a first class friend or we just have to say hi to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like, can't, yeah. 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 Or I, I can't count them in my friend group or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you brought up work friends. And I think I'm really curious, especially for folks listening to this podcast are, are often leaders at work. And mm-hmm. I know that that was always a tricky space for me. Like I'm, I'm a leader here and I have people that I, that I connect with that maybe I supervise or maybe are on other teams that, you know, their supervisors might peer kind of a thing. And so I think navigating that, I guess I'm just curious, like what advice you have for women leaders who are wanting to make connections at work, but be appropriate about it and professional about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's a lot of connection that can happen between a supervisor and supervisee. Mm -hmm. And like, I just think about, you know, I have had other moms be my supervisor Mm -hmm. and we've definitely been able to connect on that piece and have very much felt like peers, Mm. you know, in those conversations. And so I think if we, one, remove the like ride or die definition, it can feel a little bit safer 
Mm. to create connections with those that you supervise. Because the reality is that, yes, okay, you're probably going to be slightly more guarded in some ways. You're going to create some boundaries around what you are open to talking about with that person. However, we do that outside of work too. Mm -hmm. Like we don't assume every friend in our life gets everything from Mm -hmm. us, gets everything, gets to know everything. We create boundaries with all of our friends, you know, until we realize they're safe in a certain Mm -hmm. way. And so I think if we can remove that, like, okay, this person doesn't have to be ride or die, but like, we could still have a connection here. Maybe it's, maybe you decide the boundary is we are only, you know, going to hang out at work or going to have friendly conversation at work. Maybe you decide you want to take it outside Mm -hmm. of work, but like that usually, you know, takes a little bit of time. The thing I recommend, particularly for like moms in executive positions, administrative positions, especially if you are looking for someone to like talk through the challenges Mm. of being at that level with children, you're likely not going to feel that you can do that with people that you're supervising at work. Awesome. If there's someone else in the C-suite that is a mom with like similar age kids, that's great. Mm -hmm. I don't see it a lot, but great if it happens. Yeah. Notice I didn't mention that because (laughs) I had never worked with. Yep. (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I have lots of feelings about (laughs) my leaders and lack of motherhood Mm -hmm. over the years, Mm -hmm. for sure. But what I would recommend is I do think there's other ways to connect with those women in the workplace Mm -hmm. via LinkedIn, via different leadership groups, local chambers, I do think you can find them. It's going to take more work. But if you're really craving like someone who is in the trenches with you, not just with the ages of your kids, but truly in the trenches of Mm C-suite, VP, you know, trying to navigate the challenges of that, Mm -hmm. they're out there and they are craving that connection too. It's just a matter of kind of looking in some of those spaces to find them. Yeah. And that might be a relationship, again, if we take the ride or die out of it, Mm -hmm. maybe that's someone that's not even local. Maybe it is like a mentor that you grab Zoom coffee with once a month or not even mentor, but just like, hey, we are like both doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Do you want to grab coffee like once a month Mm -hmm. via Zoom and just make space for each other? I think those opportunities are not as hard to cultivate Mm -hmm. uh, as it may feel. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about kind of circumstances and thoughts and feelings. And you're talking a little bit about action now, and I'd love to dive a little more deeply into that. So, you know, like reaching out to someone and saying like, would you like to grab a Zoom coffee once a month, for example, I guess what recommendations do you have for actions that we can take? So, you know, if we're able to kind of work through some of that mindset stuff of assuming that people want to be our friends, not assuming that everybody's already set, but assuming that everyone is craving this community and friendships, just like we are, what suggestions do you have for people in terms of actual steps to take or things to say? Yeah. I mean, my (laughs) famous, like collected over a hundred phone numbers from the playground, uh, because I'm willing to ask someone at a Mm. first meeting for contact info. Um, And people always get like freaked out by that. Oh my gosh, like that sounds so awkward. I'm like, well, let me tell you how I say it. And you tell me if you would feel like this was super awkward, given that we've had like probably a 20 to 30 minute, like loose conversation, you know, at the playground, I usually kind of couch it with like a, Hey, this was like super fun. It's always more fun when there's other kids at the playground. Would you want to exchange numbers or social media, whatever, however you're comfortable Um, And I could let you know the next time we'll come to the park. And usually they're always like, oh yeah, that'd be great. 
because yes, I did ask for their contact information after our initial meeting, but I also told them how I was going to use it. Mm. I did not just sign them up to be my best friend. I did not sign them up to join my new book club. <laughs> like I was just like, Hey, I might come to the park again. Do you want me to let you know when I come? Mm-hmm. And so I think like that in and of itself is a great way to get contact information very quickly mm-hmm. because the hard part about friendship and adulthood that we maybe didn't talk about as much is the consistency piece. Like it just, that is why friendship always happened for me growing up. Mm-hmm. I just had built-in consistency. And so a lot of times, like when I was working, I had like two days with my kid on the weekend during the day, I would go to a playground because I had to get energy out of this kid. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't have Monday through Friday to try to run around the city and find other moms. Like mm-hmm. that was my shot. If I didn't take it, I might not see her at this playground for another six months. Mm-hmm. So like, that's one really like, okay, if you're trying to like make new friends, but like as a busy working mom, the things I did, like the best thing I ever did actually, when we worked together mm-hmm. and I told you, like, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is fun friend time at work, but man, I... I actually had like all these loose mom friends I had met in the first year before I went back to work, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't see them anymore. Just couldn't see them anymore. My husband work was gone Monday through Friday. There was no like leaving the house to meet up for a mom's night. It just wasn't happening. And the issue with that mom's night is that like we text, we say, hey, let's do one. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, totally, (laughs) totally. It's been too long. So then... It takes us three weeks to get it scheduled mm-hmm. between everyone's like significant other availability, travel, all the things. We do it. It's great. And then two months goes by. We're like, oh, we should do that again. And so like at the end of the day, we were doing like mom nights, like three, four times a year, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was so hard to coordinate all these things. Mm-hmm. And so the best thing I ever did was I sent out an email to 12 of these moms that I knew they didn't, some of them knew each other. Most didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, I would love to do, see you more consistently. I'm trapped at my home every night. How about you guys like just know on Wednesday nights, starting at eight o'clock, like my front door is open. So if you want to come over, if you need, like, if you also need some friend time, come over, do not bring anything, please wear sweats. Like I've got plenty of wine. I've got plenty mm-hmm. of chocolate. I kind of like hit all of the, like, what are going to be the objections? Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to stop and bring something. Oh, I didn't shower today or wash my hair. Mm-hmm. Like all the things. And I just kind of like, I created an opportunity for consistency if they wanted it and no planning required. It was just going to be like the front door's open. Let's say you decide 30 minutes, like no RSVPing. Mm. Like literally, I do not know who's going to walk in. And it was amazing. Mm. I think I did this for probably four or five months until like life seasons changed, Mm -hmm. you know? But oh my gosh, someone showed up every week and the week someone didn't was I was like, oh good, I kind of needed a night to myself. Mm. It like was perfect. Mm -hmm. And it was like, no planning required because that's the hard part is like figuring out when can these happen. So the more that you can create those opportunities that are recurring to create that consistency and that are just kind of set. So like, it's, you don't have to like go back and forth a bunch to get it planned. That's, mm. that sucks the energy out of you. That's why this whole feels so hard. Yeah. Um. So often. And then, sorry, the last is set the next time you'll see them when you're with them. Mm. And that like cuts down again on this, like, Oh, Hey, we should do this. Yeah. 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 Back and forth. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Let me check my schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so it's just like open, come on over, nothing planned. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And if your listeners are interested in the email, I have it. Mm-hmm. I send it out to people. Mm-hmm. I've saved it. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it's, I don't know, not to toot my own heart. I thought it was kind of funny and clever because <laughs> I was like, are you worried about this? And I like, <laughs> I was like this, are you worried about this? Me too. Here's mm-hmm. how I think we're going to like deal with it. Are you worried about this? Mm-hmm. Like tried to get ahead of like every single objection. Yeah. And yeah, it totally worked. <laughs> It was so fun. Like one of my things was like, are you worried that it's like going to be 12 of us like every week? Me too. I don't think that's going to happen, but like, let's see. Mm -hmm. And yeah, for sure. It was always one to two people Mm. and it was always the perfect combo. I just like trusted the universe on this one that I'm like, I just trust that like who's going to need to show will show. Yeah. Yeah. I always love to like when our like work selves meet our personal selves. So you're like bringing in your marketing Mm -hmm. skills, like got to do all the objection handling Mm -hmm. up front, (laughs) make the call Mm -hmm. to action very clear. (laughs) Oh yeah. It was so clear. Yeah. Yeah. I love that email. I will share that. So if anyone ever wants to steal it and create something similar, maybe you want to do like a play date Mm -hmm. or a park date, not like a wine or LaCroix night like I did. Um, I asked myself what I needed. I looked at where I had space and I was like, is there any way I can make this happen? Even though my husband is never here. Mm. Like, what could it look like? Yeah. And so your circumstances are going to look different. It's just asking yourself, what am I craving most right now? Mm -hmm. And then just going in on that one thing. Like, that's the thing at work, right? Don't focus on like five different things. Focus on one Mm or max. Yeah. But that's the same thing. You apply that to friendship too. Like, okay, this is a season of creating a few new connections. Or this is a season of leaning into the friends I currently have mm-hmm. and actually seeing them and making space for them. Yeah. When you name it, it's just so much easier to release any guilt over all the other things in friendship that you're not doing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, so you talked about this email. Where can people find you and that you talked about your connected mom life community? Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how people can get involved and just learn more from you? Yeah, everything is at my website, theconnectedmomlife.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. If you see things about a Facebook group, don't join it. Um, <laughs> I need to like deal with that. Um, but yeah, j- feel free to reach out. I don't know that I have the email. Like, I don't know that you can put in your email and I will send mm-hmm. you that template. Just send me an Insta DM and I'll get it to you. That's where you'll also find the podcast. And each week I talk about how to like build out your community in a way that feels good, Mm -hmm. but also in a way that logistically doesn't feel impossible. Yeah. Most, Mm -hmm. most people out there are just talking about the mindset piece of friendship, which is huge, but there's a mom piece and mom factor that you have to like, you know, consider. And so I talk a lot about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's the connected mom life podcast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for being here, for sharing so much helpful advice for our community. I know that a lot of people are going to benefit from this and myself included. And so I really appreciate you being here and, and sharing with us today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Executive Coach for Moms podcast. Please like, subscribe, or follow the show so you'll be notified when the next episode is available. I hope you'll join me again next time. Take care.